I want to talk to us about prayer on tonight. I, and I really want to hit home with this tonight because I want to talk about prayer, not so much in the generic sense, uh, particularly for those of us in ministry. I need us to see the importance of prayer beyond the surface. Uh, I want to talk to us about prayer beyond just doing what we know we should be doing or praying because we know we should pray. I want to talk to us about taking prayer to another level, to another dimension. And so I've chosen tonight to just tell us simply, let's get a prayer life. And when I talk about a prayer life, particularly with preachers of the gospel, particularly young preachers, I need you to see the importance and how powerful and how crucial a prayer life is as it relates to your relationship, as it relates to your walk with the Lord. I'm not talking about some of this polite stuff we do. I'm not talking about praying because we know it's right to pray. I'm not talking about praying because the Bible tells us that men ought to always pray and not faint. I'm not talking about prayer in that sense of Jesus teaching us in the gospel of Matthew using what we call the Lord's prayer, but is actually the model prayer of how to pray. But I want to take this thing a step further uh, tonight and just talk with us as preachers, as pastors, as the body of Christ as a, as a whole of seeing how important prayer really is. I mean, now, if I can say this tonight, because we're talking to young preachers, please understand as I talk to preachers, you know, it's one thing to pray because we're preparing to preach. It's one thing to pray because we are called on to pray in a service. But really when I say get a prayer life, my question to you tonight is how deep is your prayer relationship? How, how, how deep is your prayer relationship? Not so much how often are you praying, but when you pray, how seriously do you take it? When you pray, how, how, how focused are you on your prayer life? Because now more than ever, if you don't hear me say anything else tonight, I want to encourage preachers to understand that the strength of your ministry, the strength of your preaching ministry is going to be found in the strength of your prayer life. I mean, really, don't get me wrong, but I must say it where you can catch it. We can we can tune, we can croon, we can moan, we can groan, you know, we we can hoop, we can holler, we can be backed up by a hammer or by troop uh hoop triggers. The question I need to ask us is, is prayer the founding ground? Is prayer the foundation? Is prayer where you start? I've often shared it with you before, and I'll continue to say it again. Prayer has got to be in every area or every facet of your ministry preparation. When you're preparing to preach, you ought to be praying. When you study that text, you ought to be praying. When you're preparing to write that sermon manuscript or even preach extemporaneously, which is to preach without notes, you should be praying. When you get yourself dressed for that worship service, are you praying? When you arrive at the church, are you praying? When you enter the pulpit, you should be praying. When you stand at that desk, you ought be praying. And I'll take it even further. Even after the preaching moment is over, you ought be praying. So tonight, I just want to share with you about six things. There's six keys to this getting a prayer life as to why for the preacher, prayer is so important. Don't get me wrong. 
Preaching is wonderful. Singing is wonderful. Praise and worship are important. But tonight, I want to make sure we do not forget how important prayer really is. Now, in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has this conversation with his disciples. And he says to his disciples, he said, listen, when you pray, don't be like the heathens. For they love to stand in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be seen of men. Jesus said, these folks already have their reward. Jesus said, but you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut your door, pray to the father in secret. And the father which seeth in secret, watch this, will reward you openly. So when we think about that, there are six things that I want to show you tonight as to why preachers having prayer lives are so important. I've got six things I want to share. Six things. Six things, even for the body of Christ, as to why having a serious, intimate, strong, close prayer life with God is important. Number one, prayer increases your power. Prayer will increase your strength and your ability to stand not only on God's word, but stand in his power. When, when, when the Bible teaches us about putting on the whole armor of God, the Bible says that we put it on that we may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, I think we will be honest tonight. We can agree we're living in some evil times. For preachers, it is really a tough time. Those of us who are serious about ministry, for the body of Christ, we're dealing with some unprecedented times. So what prayer does is prayer gives you strength to face whatever you've got to face. Prayer gives you power to go through whatever you got to go through. So, so now more than ever, you've got to see the importance of prayer because prayer is that thing that's going to give you the strength to go even when you don't feel like going. Prayer is going to give you the strength to stick together, to hold your life together, even when you feel like things are falling apart. So you've got to build your prayer life. You've got to build a stronger prayer life. And don't get me wrong, preachers, studying the word is wonderful, but I need us to develop a stronger prayer life. We've got to pray like we have never prayed before. Why? We need an increase in power. We need God to increase us in his, in his strength and in his power so that we can do what he has called and commissioned us to do. Prayer, prayer increases our power. But then secondly, the other thing that I want to show you is prayer gives direction to your research. Now, when I use the word research, of course, I'm talking about how we study, how we study, how we prepare ourselves how we get into the word and develop the word. Many times we, we study for the purpose of preaching, for preparing to preach or preparing to teach. But I've always encouraged us and I continue to encourage us as preachers to even study God's word even when you don't have to preach. Sometimes your greatest sermons will come out of your private study. 
whether it be, as we've talked before, developing a subject and studying that subject or taking one word and just building on that word and developing that word. So, some of the greatest and most effective sermons will actually come out of your private study time. And you know what prayer does? Prayer will allow you to take that study time and dig in and see things that you would not see on the surface. I'm going to say this comically, but don't look at me funny. Prayer will show you things that Matthew Henry won't. <laughs> God, through prayer, as you study his word, as a matter of fact, here's a, here's a quick tip for you. You really never should begin the process of study and preparation without prayer. That should be the first thing. God, as I open up your word, as I study your word, as I read your word, God, give me understanding. Give me clarity. Help me to see what you need for me to see. And let me take it a step further by saying this to young preachers especially. Please understand that's why prayer is so important with study because there's going to be times that you will study or preach from a passage of scripture a plethora of times or several times. And there will be a different revelation each time you read it. As you grow in your relationship, as you grow in your walk with God, God will allow you to get deeper in your study. And as you get deeper in your study and you mature in your faith, you're going to see some things later that you didn't see earlier. So what prayer does is that it gives direction to your research. It allows you as you study to really begin to gain some understanding. I'll share one on a personal note, on a personal note. I'll share this with you. Yesterday, I preached a message on Noah as a part of our series of messages on faith. And, and I began to deal with it as I studied it. The Lord began to allow me to see the fact that it was 120 years between the time that God gave Noah the instructions to build the ark and the ark began to sail on the flooded waters. And the Lord began to allow me to see all of the things that he had encountered for 120 years. Ridicule, scorn, mocking, shame, building this boat on dry land. If you think it's something, fellow pastors, if you think it's something preaching to an empty congregation over the last year, can you imagine Noah preaching the same sermon to an empty congregation for 120 years and never had a single convert? And as the Lord began to deal with me on that and the Lord began to show me that immediately my spirit man began to leap because as many times as I have read, preached and taught from the story of Noah, I had never seen that peace. But that comes through prayer and in asking God to show me what I need to see. There, there are times when you prepare to minister a word that God is going to give you a specific point within that. And it's only going to come as you develop your prayer life as you study and prepare. You should never study a text without praying. You should never study or prepare to preach without prayer. So what does prayer do? Prayer, first of all, increases our power. The second thing it does is, is it gives direction to our research. Number three, prayer will strengthen your anointing. Prayer will strengthen 
your anointing. Now, let me quickly define the word anointing. The word anointing in the New Testament comes from a Greek word that is simply defined as an extraordinary endowment of power that allows a man or allows a woman to do something that they would not be able to do in their own strength. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Anointing is an extraordinary, not extraordinary, extraordinary endowment of power. When it's endued, it's on you and it's in you. God, help me with this one tonight. An extraordinary endowment of power that allows a man or a woman to do things that they would not be able to do in their own strength. Young preacher, I don't care how talented you are. I do not care how eloquent you are. I don't care how smooth and melodious your tunes can be. Your riffs may be seamless, but if you do not have the anointing, you have missed the mark. I want to say that one more time because I want tonight, I want to make sure particularly young preachers understand that you can't get so caught up in the tune and the croon. You can't get so caught up in the impression of people. Don't let folks jumping and shouting and skipping think you've done something if you have not received that extraordinary endowment of God's power that allows you to do something that you are not able to do in your own strength. I wish I had five preachers who would understand and, uh, and go with me tonight to help somebody understand we can't do this without the anointing. Young preacher, you cannot minister effectively without the anointing. No matter how eloquent or educated we are, we need some Holy Ghost power to say what needs to be said, how it needs to be said, at the time it needs to be said, to whom it needs to be said. See, the Bible lets us know that that's what's going to destroy yokes. The yoke shall be destroyed, not because of your eloquence, but because of the anointing. That's why you got to have a strong prayer life. And one of your prayer requests to God ought be, God, strengthen my anointing. Strengthen my power in you. Take me out of myself and fill me with you. Fill me till I overflow. Fill me till I can say what needs to be said. God, use me in your service. Y'all remember that old song? Draw me nearer every day. And God, if you will, I'll be willing to run all the way. If I stumble <laughs> while I'm trying, please don't be angry. Just help me stay because I'm willing. See, that's what the anointing does. The anointing will give you that strengthening power. That anointing will give you the strength to do what God has told you to do. That anointing, God help me say this, will even give you the strength to know when to speak and when not to speak, when to stand up, when to sit down. I told St. James a couple of weeks ago, it's the anointing that'll give you the strength to walk off before you go off. That's why your prayer life is so important. So your prayer life will keep you, will help you keep your, your character in check. Your prayer life will help you keep your integrity in check. 
Your prayer life will help you learn when to just keep your mouth shut and let other folk make fools of themselves. That's why you gotta have a prayer life. You gotta increase your power. It's gonna help give direction in your research. It's gonna strengthen your anointing. Number four, it's gonna build a stronger yearning. It's gonna build a stronger yearning. No matter how much we think we have, if you ever get to the place that you don't want more, you are in trouble. You got to have a yearning. You got to want it. And that prayer life builds that, that, that yearning, that wanting. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's what a yearning is. That yearning is basically saying, I, I got a hunger. I'm hungry for it. I, I'm thirsting for righteousness, God's way of doing things. That prayer life is going to build your desire to want to do it God's way. That prayer life is going to build that desire to want to walk it in God's will. That prayer life will have you in a place where you're saying, God, if I'm pleasing anybody, let me please you. Because I know that when my ways please you, you make even my enemies be at peace with me. Please, young preacher, in your prayer life, ask God to give you a stronger yearning. Ask him to give you a stronger hunger for his word. Don't just play around with it. Don't just deal with it on the surface. Don't, 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 don't start studying on Saturday night and you know you got to preach on Sunday morning. Your yearning for God and his word and his way ought to be so strong. Get this preachers, let me help you. That your desire to get into the word to prepare for the next preaching moment should begin when you conclude the last preaching moment. The reality of it is, and even if you're not preaching, you still ought to have a yearning to pick up the book called the Bible and read and study and seek God's word, will, and way for your life. That's only going to come through a prayer life. You got to have a stronger yearning. You got to have a hunger for this. See, see, the reality of it is this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Ministry is not for the faint of heart. Good God, help me with this one. Ministry is not for folks who are trying to stroke or build their egos. Young preacher, ministry is not a hustle. My God, somebody ought to put that in the comment section. If you're in it for the money, get out. Because it's not about the hustle. It needs to be a yearning for God, a yearning for people, ministering to souls, Helping people get to where they need to be and to be what God wants them to be. It's not about us. It's not about us. As a matter of fact, here's what the book says. Woe is me. Shame on me if I preach not the gospel. That's why, that's why Paul tells Timothy, preach the word, be instant, be ready, in season, out of season, rebuke, reprove, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Why? The time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. And I got to be bold enough to declare it. That time is right now. But after their own lust will they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears and they will turn their ears from the truth 
and start turning to fables. That's why you got to ask God to build your desire, give you a stronger yearning, a stronger yearning for his word. Every time I stand to preach, my, my heart's desire is God, let me say something that's going to empower, that's going to equip. Let me say something that's going to convince the Christian, but convict the sinner. Let me say something that's going to bring this word to life so that somebody can apply it to their lives and say, I want to do better. But you got to have a yearning for it. You know, that's that yearning that'll have you get up at two and three in the morning and will really go and get in a quiet place and really seek God when you really want to sleep. That's that yearning that will allow you to stand and preach the truths of God's word and be so transparent that people are able to see the real you, realizing that I'm not all the way there yet, but by God's grace and God's mercy, I am who I am. Let me move on. Let me move on. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Prayer life, prayer helps you build a stronger yearning. Here's my fifth point. Prayer life, a prayer life will help you maintain a strong level of encouragement. Now, please understand something about encouragement. Let me say this, and I want to say this real slow. Encouragement is a two-way street. I want to say that again. Encouragement is a two-way street. There will come a time when your assignment is to encourage others. But may I be honest and transparent enough to tell you that in this walk called ministry, there will also come times when you will have to encourage yourself. That's what prayer will do for us. Prayer will give us that strength to encourage, whether it be us or somebody else. That's why sometimes, sometimes we, before we say things, we have to really pray, God, guide my words. God, guide my thoughts. Let me say this right. That's, that's why study is so important in the preaching moment. That, but prayer is equally as important because through prayer, God will guide you to know how to say, what to say, and when to say. It maintains that level of encouragement. Even young preacher, when you feel like you haven't done your best, even when you feel like you flunked, I'm remembering the late Dr. Harold Diggs, who used to teach us in my early years of seminary. He said that there will be some Sundays that flunk will meet you at the door. Flunk will walk you to the pastor's study. Flunk will escort you to the pulpit. Flunk will stand with you while you're preaching. Flunk will sit down beside you while you're preaching. And when you know you have not done right, flunk will be the first thing to tell you, you did a good job. Every preacher is going to have a flunk day. Good God, help me here. Every preacher is going to have a day that you're not going to make the mark. Every preacher is going to have a Sunday where the word doesn't go over so well. Every preacher is going to have that time where they know that they have not given due diligence to the study, to the proper exegesis of the text. I almost said it wrong. To the proper exegesis of the text and it shows up. You've got to be able to encourage yourself. Here it is. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. 
That's that's what the that's what your prayer life does. Your prayer life allows you to encourage others, but your prayer life will also give you the ability to encourage yourself. So again, let's 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 quickly recap. Why why should preachers get a prayer life? Why should preachers have a prayer life? Prayer increases your power. Prayer gives direction to your research or to your study. Prayer strengthens your anointing. Prayer gives you a stronger yearning. Prayer will even help maintain a stronger level of encouragement. But then sixth and finally, here's why as preachers, as members of the body of Christ, we have a prayer life. It's going to help us keep it real. Let me tell you something from experience. And I'm going to say this from experience no matter how educated we are, no matter how well-versed in scripture or how competent in scripture we are, for those of us who have matriculated through seminary and have some working knowledge of Hebrew, Greek, Latin, and Aramaic, the four languages of the Bible, please let me tell you this. The truest assignment of ministry is your ability to relate. And the only way that you're going to relate is you've got to keep it real. Young preacher, please let me share a word of advice with you. Let me share a word of advice with you. I encourage you to go to seminary. I encourage you to go to school. I encourage you to study. If you ever have an opportunity to get some basic study of Hebrew and Greek, particularly with exegeting the biblical scripture, from the old King James to what God really meant when he wrote it, go. But let me tell you now, the pulpit is not the moment to try to prove your education. One of the biggest downfalls and one of the biggest turnoffs is when we attempt to preach with big words that even we ourselves struggle with pronouncing. Keep it real. Keep it real. That Hebrew and that Greek is there to help you rightly divide the word. It's there to help you bring that word to life to help somebody. It's not there for you to impress folks with your vernacular. It is not there for you to impress folk with your etymo etymological gifts. Y'all catch it? If I could really put it this way. The preaching moment is not your opportunity to take a pericope of scripture being homiletically and hermeneutically sound in an attempt to give proper exegesis rather than improper eisegesis of the pericope called the text that we are really dealing with the logos with hopes and attempts to bring a rhema word from God. Please, can I keep it real for you? Preach it where people can understand it and then it can relate to their lives. One of the most profound people to ever do that was Jesus. And how did he do it? He did it using parables. He used earthly stories with, he used heavenly stories rather, the earthly stories to give heavenly revelation. Keep it real. Only in your prayer life are you able to dig into the scriptures and study the word of God and then allow God's anointing 
that you were asking God for to strengthen, to take the word and bring it to life for the people. But not only must you keep it real for them, but also be willing to keep it real with yourself. Please understand, in this day and time, what people are really looking for are preachers who have no problem being transparent. People are looking for preachers who are going to tell the truth like it is. So get a prayer life. I want to encourage us. Strengthen your prayer life. I want to encourage preachers. Make more time for prayer every day. Make more time for prayer. Now, if you saw where I was going, let me see if somebody caught it. I'll go back and just walk through it real quick. Maybe you'll catch it. If you get a prayer life, look at it now. You're going to increase your power. You're going to find direction in your research. You're going to strengthen your anointing. You're going to build a stronger yearning. You'll have a stronger level of encouragement and you will be able to keep it real. With each point tonight, power, research, anointing, yearning, encouragement, real, you will discover the word prayer. That's all I got tonight. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us. Preachers of the gospel, members of the body of Christ, people of God. Build your prayer life. I want to encourage you. Spend time every day praying. Make, make it a habit and not just a habit, but really be serious about it. You think about what Paul told, uh, uh, I believe it was the Corinthian church he told that, where he talked about how folks go to the gym and work out and they do it religiously. They are faithful. They are committed to it. But he said bodily exercise might be good, but it doesn't profit anything. Paul basically said bodily exercise is good. Take care of the temple. But if you really want to be of a help or a profit to somebody, huh, work on building your spiritual life. Do your spiritual workout. Every day, spend time in prayer. Spend time in the word. Spend time talking with God and allowing God to talk back to you. And when you get that prayer life, guess what you're going to do? you will increase in power. You will have greater clarity in your research and your study. You will have a stronger anointing. You will have a stronger yearning. You'll have a stronger will to encourage yourself and others. And you will be able to say so, stay so transparent that you can keep it real. 